Welcome to ING's Think Aloud, where we try to make sense of the world in the most unbanky way we can. In today's episode... I believe that the serenity that is being projected with respect to inflation, the policy projections suggesting that rates may not be raised for three years, close to three years, are creating a dangerous complacency Larry Summers, a top economic advisor to President Obama and Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton, says this dangerous complacency about inflation makes a strong policy adjustment more likely. This, he says, will come as a surprise and could jolt markets in ways that will do real damage to financial stability and the wider economy. Summers says monetary and fiscal authorities have underestimated the risks very substantially. Inflation rose in April at the fastest pace in about 13 years, but the Federal Reserve has maintained a united front, with members arguing that much of the rise is transitory and that the bank has the tools to deal with a more persistent increase. I'm Rebecca Byrne, and for more on this today, I'm joined by our chief international economist, James Knightley. So, James, we've had a few data points now showing a pretty significant rise in US inflation. Just remind us what's been driving this increase. Yeah, well, we've got to remember that we're comparing price levels in an economy that was 12 months ago in lockdown. It was in real dire straits. Companies were desperate for cash. They were cutting prices pretty aggressively. So price levels were actually falling quite quite rapidly there. But now today we're in an economy that's pretty vibrant. There's a lot of stimulus out there. We're reopening. People are desperate to get out and experience and do things that they've not been able to do for the last, well, nearly 18 months, I suppose. So that is meaning that we've got price levels much, much higher. So there's this sort of, you know, I guess it's quite an unfair comparison we've got right now where price levels are very, very strong in a vibrant economy. And we're comparing it just the way inflation is calculated with price levels 12 months ago, which was in a pretty pretty despondent, pretty bad situation. So I think that explains a lot of it. Um, But we are starting to see inflationary pressures creeping in from other factors. And one of those is uh, supply chain issues, uh, global semiconductor shortages. There's also issues about labor market uh, shortages as well. So, yep, on the one hand, we've got these base effects, as we call them, from the annual comparison. But there is some evidence that inflation is starting to become a little broader throughout the economy. Well, the Fed has been quite insistent that most of this is transitory, although a few Fed members have acknowledged that they don't really know how enduring these price increases are going to be. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I I have a lot of sympathy with you on the transitory inflation pressures in terms of those year on year comparisons. As I said, you know, comparing price levels in a vibrant economy right now with price levels in an economy that was in really bad shape 12 months ago, it's not going to last because the economy in the US started to reopen in the second half of of, of last year. So we'll get that comparison uh, looking a little bit uh, less worrisome as the months go by. But I am starting to get a little bit more wary about these near-term domestic inflationary pressures. I think we will see more costs rising. A lot of companies are complaining that they just simply are having to deal with higher costs themselves. Uh, We can see that in the price of commodities. There's issues about uh, semiconductor shortages around the world, and that's curtailing production. 
But at the same time, we've got very rampant demand in the US economy. All these stimulus checks, these extra payments mean people have got cash in their pocket to burn. You know, there's burning a hole in their pocket and they're really wanting to spend it. And when you've got an economy where there are supply constraints and it can't meet that demand, you tend to get more inflation coming through. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous at the Fed could be a little bit too relaxed, certainly in public, about these inflation issues that could last a number of months. I want to talk a little bit about wages, because last week Joe Biden said that rising wages are not a bug, they're a feature. And he said he wants employers to compete with each other to attract work and that we have more than ample room to raise pay without raising customer prices. Is it possible that companies just absorb the higher costs rather than passing them on to customers? Can we have higher wages and lower prices? Yeah, in in terms of the wage story, I mean, we've had a couple of decades now where wage growth has been pretty low. And I think we could be in an environment where we start to see those wage costs pick up a little bit more. And indeed, that is the stated aim of Joe Biden, as you suggest. You know, he wants to see a broader range of people in society benefiting from this recovery, suggesting that in the past for too long, it's been the wealthy, it's been the corporate sector that's felt the benefits of growth. He wants to see less well-off people, the middle class, the working class people, to start to feel those benefits. And how do they feel it? Well, people under lower income ends of the distribution tend to have less of their assets in property or in in financial markets. So they've not benefited from all this asset price inflation. The way that they will benefit is if they feel it in their pay packets. As I say, I think that is what Joe Biden would like to see. And also, we've got a Federal Reserve, which is completely backing the US government policy. They are moving to a situation where they're prepared to allow the economy to run hotter before they raise interest rates to ensure that they do actually fulfill those aims of getting a broader range of people in society as possible uh, to feel the benefits of growth. And as I say, Wage rises are a key plank of that drive to try and improve the level of inequality in the United States. So wages is one thing. And I think, you know, people do want to see that happen. The issue is, will companies pass that on, as you suggest? Yep, certainly in the past, you know, and and I think the Fed would argue that there is some expectation that a lot of these costs can be absorbed. But I would argue what we're seeing right now is a situation whereby uh, companies are really desperate for workers and there is a constraint on the supply of workers, be it that we've still got a lot of pupils being homeschooled, so a lot of parents having to stay home. Some people are still reluctant to return to the workforce because the pandemic is ongoing. Some older workers who lost their job may have chosen to take early retirement. And then, of course, in the United States, we've got these extended and uprated unemployment benefits, which may make people feel that it's less financially attractive to go to work right now relative to what they can get on these extended and uprated unemployment benefits. So I think the lack of labour supply means that companies that are desperate to expand and reopen in this new economy um, are going to have to pay up for workers. But as I say, you know, we've got a situation whereby costs are going up pretty broadly in the United States, commodity costs, plus the supply chain issues, plus fuel costs. It's going to be difficult to absorb all of these at the same time. And I think, you know, we've got a situation where a number of surveys have suggested, uh, most notably the Institute for Supply Management, which is a very, very big, broad survey, suggested that the backlog of orders at US companies is at an all-time high. And these companies know that their customers have got inventory levels that are at all-time lows. So if you think about that, that means that US companies, 
you know, can't keep pace with the level of demand they've already got, and they know their customers are desperate. So if you are a company in that situation and you're being asked to pay more and more costs for workers, for your raw materials, for your for your components, you're going to be able to pass those on to your customers. So I, I do think that we could be in a situation whereby we do see more inflation over the next couple of quarters at least. Well, a lot of Fed members have been talking about this recently. One of them, Randall Qualls, said he's not worried about a wage price spiral because we haven't had one of those in a long time. Do you agree with that? Do you think that, you know, while prices might pick up, we're not necessarily going to see the sort of 1970s style pickup in inflation? Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, we, we've not seen a, a sustained pickup in wage growth for quite some time. I mean, wage growth has been pretty tepid throughout the, the developed world since the global financial crisis, to be honest. Um, and, you know, there is this scepticism that wages will therefore pick up. You know, this this idea that we've all been, you know, hardwired into the viewpoint that, well, inflation's going to be low. I'm just going to get sort of inflation plus a little bit as my pay, uh, pay rise each year. Well, I, I think we're in a situation where that was fine when inflation expectations were what the Fed terms well anchored. You know, people believed that the Fed would, or the ECB or the Bank of England would hit their inflation target year after year. And therefore they didn't argue for higher wages. They felt that, yeah, you know, we've got this sorted, inflation's not a threat. We, we can cope with these sort of modest pay rises. Uh, but I think now we are starting to see the perception that inflation is on the rise become more ingrained in people's mindsets. You know, there are various surveys such as the University of Michigan or the conference board here in the United States that question people about what they think about inflation over the next 12 months and over the next 10 years. And all of these surveys have been picking up quite markedly. Um, so there is perhaps a sense that workers are becoming a little bit uncertain as to whether inflation will stay as low as it has been over the previous decade. And therefore, could they demand more pay to compensate for those higher costs that they're going to be paying in their day-to-day -day lives? And so I'm just a little bit nervous that to be so dismissive at such an early stage, I think the risks are that we things could be a little bit different. We're in a very different economy. We've got an economy that has got supply constraints and that one that has got massive stimulus hitting it continually. So that story does suggest to me, again, that we could be in an environment where workers have more more power, more influence in the debates. And if inflation does rise a little bit more, you know, and companies can pass those costs on, I think we will be in a situation where wages do start to, to recover a little bit more rapidly. So what does this mean for monetary policy? Do you think that the, the, the Fed is going to have to start tapering a little bit sooner than expected or hike rates sooner? The last Fed minute showed that some members did want to start a discussion on tapering. Do you, do you think that's going to happen anytime soon? Yeah, I think um, we are starting to see a bit more discussion um, from Federal Reserve officials. They were, you know, just a few months ago, they were very united behind this view that inflation is transitory. Don't worry, we don't need to raise rates until 2024 at the earliest. Uh, but now you're starting to see more debate, should we say, you know, some more sort of awareness of, of the risks um, to that view creeping into how they're describing the situation. So I think, you know, we could be looking at a period over the next couple of months where we get decent growth, very decent growth, where we get employment rising 
and we get inflation pushing close to 5%. Remember, we're already at 4.2% uh, on consumer price inflation. We've got producer price inflation above 7%. We've got import price inflation above 10% here in the United States. So I think the awareness that uh, we could start to see wages respond to all of this will make them more conducive or, or more backing the idea that we do need to see uh, a tapering at some point. Because remember, the Federal Reserve is still buying $120 billion a month of financial assets. I suspect that at the Jackson Hole Symposium, which is where the Federal Reserve all gathers in late August, we will start to see the, the rhetoric or the commentary really start to change and acknowledge that significant progress has been made in the recovery, particularly if the vaccination programme continues to go as well as it is. Uh, and that can pave the way for a tapering of asset purchases later this year. And we could start to see the prospect of rate hikes coming in. I think 2024 is too late. Um, I think we should be looking for something early 2023, but I don't dismiss uh, the potential that we see actually see the Fed Reserve having to step in and raise rates even earlier in possibly 2022, um, if we're right on the growth story feeding through into ongoing inflation and higher wages. But there is typically a lag between rate hikes and the impact on inflation. And Larry Summers said if the Fed leaves it too late, there's a risk that it might have to step on the brakes quite hard. And it's not just Larry Summers. Charlie Munger of um, Berkshire Hathaway also used the word dangerous to describe current policy. Is it dangerous? Um, <laughs> that's not a word I'd use at this point. Um, but certainly I think there is a, a growing caution out there. And it's interesting listening to a couple of former Federal Reserve officials, Charles Plosser, for example, William Dudley, who was a former New York Fed uh, head. Uh, and they are suggesting that we could actually see the Fed have to go more aggressively uh, earlier as well. So it's not just, you know, these sort of commentators. Um, we have got former very senior Federal Reserve officials that are starting to doubt the policy stance coming through. So, yeah, I think the risks are increasingly skewed towards an earlier move. And it could well be that the Federal Reserve actually raise rates more aggressively than the market thinks. I mean, if you look at market forecasts, there's this general expectation that the Federal Reserve policy where it will just drift gradually towards 2% over time. I think what we have to factor into our viewpoint is that perhaps the more likely scenario is that the Fed actually goes more aggressive and actually raises rates higher, possibly to 3 3.5% to get the economy on the right footing for sustained long-term economic health. And that's could then lead to rate cuts further down the line. But yeah, I think, long story short, I think we should perhaps be more wary and more cautious and be recognising that the fact that the risks are skewed to the Fed, perhaps surprising with quicker action than they're currently publicly admitting. Okay, James Knightley, ING's Chief International Economist. Thanks very much. Thank you. This podcast has been prepared by ING solely for information purposes, irrespective of a particular user's means, financial situation, or investment objective. The information does not constitute investment recommendation, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice, or an offer of solicitation to purchase or sell any financial instrument. Read more at think.ing.com slash content disclaimer.